good evening and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers and I'm your host Dorothy Odell for this evening. I just want to give a huge shout out to the sponsor of today's show who is Owen Sharp with his new book The Great Flood of Bovenland. It is coming out November 1st so if you have a child or a grandchild between the age of three to six this is definitely a book you want to get your hands on for for your child or your grandchild be a great Christmas gift. Uh, and it will be available in where all books are sold. So we're super excited for that for Owen. And uh, today's guest, special guest tonight is actually Kathy Gigliardi. Did I say that right? Gigliardi. Yeah. <laughs> Gigliardi. All right. Welcome to the show, Kathy. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself uh, and a little bit about your overcoming story. Well, um, it's a beautiful story in one way and another way. It's very sad and tragic. So um, I've always been a writer and uh, just, you know, poems and stories and everything like that. That then one day I was going into work and I saw one of my friends um, outside of work and she pulled me over and she said, she was shaking and crying and she said, our mutual friend's son is gone. And I, I didn't understand. And, you know, I knew something was really bad, but I didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And she said, um, Matt, his name's Matt, took his life. And that at my age, um, as and having young children, I didn't understand. Like I couldn't fathom that at all. So um, the whole day, all the whole office was just walking around like zombies. Nobody knew what to say, what to do. There's a lot of crying and and just asking why. And I knew that I couldn't really help my friend. Her name is Karen. And um, I knew that she was with her family and friends and her church who gave her so much faith. And they all just... Uh, kept her going. But when I went home, there was nobody around me to relate this to. And um, I didn't want to bring it home to my family. So I just kept it all inside. But when everybody went to bed, there's no, I couldn't sleep. These, these thoughts kept going through my head. Um, why did this happen? Why did Matt do this to his mother and his siblings? Um, why did he feel that that was his ultimate um, answer, you know, he, he must have just been so um, deep in depression that there was no other choice for him. And amongst crying and weeping and crying and weeping, I just, uh, I had to go downstairs. I turned the TV on, but you know, there's the show, shows, everything seemed to uh, relate to it. Like there was kids playing um, baseball. And I thought, oh my God, Matt will never play baseball. And you know, every, every single thing. So I turned the TV off, turned the radio on, but every song kind of brought more tears. So I thought, well, I have written, if I couldn't sleep, I have just gotten a pen and paper and just wrote. So that's what I did. I just started writing. And what came from that was my story called Belly Flies. And it is, my way of um, helping little children learn techniques of how to overcome 
um, uh, butterflies in your tummy. So right. it could be it could be depression, it could be bullying, it could be um, um, all kinds of little things. My in my story, it's about the the child has to read in front of the class. So uh, I thought that if they could learn these techniques when they're young and over and over and over again, just be implemented in the family, then, you know, when they get to be teenagers, the hard, the hard years, well, even children have hard years. I shouldn't say that, but um, through hard situations, teenagers and adults, they'll be able to draw on that and hopefully be able to use it and hopefully cut down on the suicide rate. Uh, right. It's really, yeah, it's, it's just, especially now, it's just uh, the mental health for children is so hard to deal with. Right. Wow, Kathy, that's an incredible story. Um, you know, I'm really sorry that your friend had to go through that. Um, as somebody who lost a family member to suicide too, I know that it, you're left with answers, right? And we have no idea what those answers were now. Um, you know, my uncle was older when in his 40s when he did it. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine a child being thinking that life wasn't worth living, right? Let alone an adult, like an adult, you know, we have all these pressures, but kids have pressures too. And as a parent, you know, we tr try not to put, put anything on our children, but they're sharp. They, they hear things, right. And, you know, yeah. in school, they, they're, you know, bullying is still on the rampage, which makes me kind of sick to my stomach because I mean, I was bullied in school and, you know, it's, it's, all that is out there and should not be in this day and age. <laughs> right, right. In in my book, I've created a sentence called um, "Mommy, I have belly flies," or you know, caregiver, daddy, whatever. But uh, so the child will come home from school or from wherever and just say, or not wanting to go to school and say, "I don't know what's wrong. I just have belly flies. I don't know." And then it'll start a conversation. Mm -hmm. And the, the parent can say, um, where, where do you feel these belly flies? Like, where do you, where do you not feel good? Is it in your head or what, or what color are you seeing these belly flies at? You know, um, all these different little questions that they can ask that will bring out what the real issue is. Right. And maybe they have to tell a stuffed animal to get it out of their system. I don't know. Uh, it's just right. different for every child. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that idea, though, that you've given the tools to the to the parents to at least start a conversation. Um, because, yeah, you know, when you're being mm -hmm. bullied in school, you don't go home and tell your parents generally. Um, no, I know never. I, you know, I never no. did that. My parents didn't know what I was what was going on until after. <laughs> um, it was something that yeah. I kept to myself and I kept everything bottled up inside. Um, and, you know. And nowadays, kids have, like, every electronic known to man. Um, my stepson is on YouTube all the time. So, I mean, kids get into everything, right? And um, yeah. you just never know, right? Yeah, and they have all this. <laughs> mm -hmm. They have all this instant um, information and instant gratification, but no instant relief of their emotions and their feelings that are 
bottled up inside their head and their stomach and their heart. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's, kids need a release, right? And from the day-to-day the -day pressures too. And I, I really didn't get it until the pandemic hit. Um, I was at home with her, with my stepson and man, you know, I felt bad for the teachers because, you know, of the, you know, having to do teach 20 to 30 students. Um, and, you know, my stepson was in, in here in my office all the, like every two minutes. So, you know, a teacher won't help me with this and this and this. And I'm like, she's 30 students to her one, but like, you got to give her time. And, and so, you know, during those two years where we were forced to stay at home um, most of the time, I, I noticed a lot of like inner struggling with our, with our children um, and just really, you know, being, they couldn't see their friends. So, you know, the isolation and things like that. So I know the suicide rate in my town was huge, uh, well, still is, um, with everything that's it's going on. It's skyrocketed. Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, and then not to mention the fact that the kids that actually go to school to get away from the abuse that's at home, <laughs> you know, and, and now they're at home with, yeah. with their abuser. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't want to be a kid when I was a kid. Now I sure as hell would want to be a kid now. <laughs> I know, right? I know. And even if the teachers are aware that, um, you know, Make it easy. Well, I have belly flies. So just it's just casual. You know, uh what what seems to be the problem isn't the isn't the question to ask. What seems to be the problem is just nothing. Is just the, the answer would just be nothing. But if you just you know ask little things like what made you happy today in school, what made you sad today in school, what was a surprise? And then those kind of things will bring out um, maybe something that happened, um, like at home, what's your favorite thing to do at home? <laughs> I mean, if you're being abused, you may say nothing, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good, that's, so it, that's a part of the, uh, belly flies method then that you have developed. Yes, yeah, so uh, every letter in belly flies is um, an acronym, and, and I'm using it for um, different approaches to how to make the. Um, I'm, I'm working with neurodivergent children, so uh, the neurodivergent children, but anybody could use it um, to make them feel that they have a voice, and to make their caregivers feel less frustrated and be able to communicate a little easier, um, take the stress off the relationship. Um, and so I, and these, these things are what I have used before. And with my own child who has OCD, uh, I didn't know at the time, and I really wish someone would have told me about this before, but that would have helped, you know, like um, doing homework. You would come home, He's a smart kid, ready to do the homework, but it's all of the homework at once. He would have his homework sitting in front of him and he'd get overwhelmed and then he couldn't do any of it. Well, I didn't know that with him, you have to give them certain steps to do. First, this, then this. That would have made it so much easier. 
So I'm just, you know, wishing that <laughs> I would have had this method myself to use. That's interesting because, wow. Okay, so you just opened up a whole world for me. Um, I I never been clinically diagnosed with ADHD or OCD, but I know I have OCD huge. Uh, and so what you just said, like, I know that it, my mind goes like a million miles per minute. And I know that in my head, I have a list of things I have to do for home, business, uh, work, you name it. My, my plate is full. And I get caught up in the how to's and I don't write things down, but if I, I'm being, I was being taught to write it down and then just go through the list one by one and make things easier for me. So it totally makes sense what you just said right now. I'm like, well, wait a minute, you know, because I do, I get overwhelmed. My desk is full of stuff and I just want to take a dumpster and dump it all. (laughs) So it totally makes sense. I could never tell my son. Yeah. I could never just say, go clean the living room. I could, he would just say, what do you mean? I don't, I don't understand what you mean. And then I would say, um, vacuum the floor, pick up the pillows, put the newspapers in a pile. You know, I'd have to say, or write down, write down every single thing so he could check it off. But then right. when I would stop in and see what he's doing, he'd be dancing around, doing the vacuuming, cleaning up. But before that, he would just be like, overwhelmed say oh my god (laughs) i don't know what to do she wants me to do this i don't know what to do yeah i i noticed that you have to give a child um like one thing at a time like to do like it because if you say okay go to your room pick this this and up put it here it's like their brain shuts off completely um and i and then you have to end up telling them three times to do something and as a parent, that gets very yeah. frustrating, especially when you grow up with a parent that told you to do it. And if you didn't do it, you know, you were in trouble. So, um, right. but yeah, but it's not your fault. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. It's like when you put something on the bottom of the stairs and you think, who doesn't know to take right. up the stairs? No, people don't know that. I mean, you know, because you put it there to go up, but people just don't know. If you would say, can you take this upstairs? They would say, sure, sure, bring it up. But they just don't. Everybody's different, and they and they see things differently, react to diff- things differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I am, you know, I, I shared how I, I grew up. And I said to my dad, especially – when I was at home during the pandemic, I was just like, how did you, like, how do you parent? Like, I only know how you taught us. He goes, well, you can't parent like we raised you anymore because the world's not the same at all. And I'm like, but that's all I know. Uh, And so for parents that are listening in and and thinking, wow, you know, I I totally feel you, Dorothy, and uh, I totally get it. And it is a different world. And this world is absolutely crazy. I I am thankful that I don't have a child of my own. I have a stepchild, but I don't have a child of my own that I have to be 100% accountable to because this world's just too crazy. I know it's it's hard. I when I when I was creating this method, 
I didn't, I didn't really realize I was creating a method. I was just writing the things down and then thinking, this is, this is what it takes, you know, like this is the, um, the, the thing to make the frustration level go down like this, these items on here, these, uh, approaches are what it, it takes. So even if one of mine is, um, yes, and for belly flies, the why it's yes. And so you would, they would be talking and you'd say, instead of saying, what did you do in school? Say yes. And leave it and let them talk and see. And it's different for every child, just like you say, but at least it will, it's so general that it will um, in, include everybody. So mm -hmm. if they have a, like my autistic student who has a, an amazing imagination, but when we tried to put his story into a book, we had to go step by step. Yes, and then what happens? And then is that is that right? Is that what your imagination wants to tell you? So everything on this list, my belly flies method, is very inclusive and at the same time can be used definitely for a certain um, ASD or, you know, any child. Right. And how would people get a hold of the belly flies method? Is that something that you teach or is it a book that you put into a book to develop or how is that available? I'm, I'm teaching it now. Um, if you go to bellyflies.com, it's my landing page to sign in to, to email. And with the, with that, you'll have a newsletter and you'll see the um, the different, you, there'll be pop-up podcasts. Um, I'm going to have some recipes in there, some like kid-friendly recipes, some um, little updates of what's happening next. And then I'm going to be teaching the whole uh, method. And in the new year, I'm going to be having a book Awesome. this method. Wow. I'm just yeah. looking over your bio here. So you are already a number one best-selling author and illustrator of children's books. Um, and I, did, I just was reading this, that you also donate books to the Ronald McDonald House, little libraries, uh, schools and families in need locally and internationally. Understanding of children's emotional. Oh, wait locally and internationally. And you're also involved in the Costa Rican and Guatemalan schools uh, and communities, which has enriched uh, an understanding of children's emotional well-being. That's amazing. How many books uh, have you written? Seven so far. Um, two of them are actually in Spanish also because being in Costa Rica and Guatemala, I, I just found the need, you know, I know they're learning English but they just really need to have that home um, home language. That was amazing. Both both places, I donated 40 books to their library, to their library. And then we went through the communities and, and then the, I would bring the books to the houses because some children, they couldn't go to school for medical reasons or they just, they just were unable to. So I would bring the books there. What an wow, experience. <laughs> So were Both you on places, that, like a mission trip? Um, 
for Guatemala, yes, we are building a, a not building a school, but renovating the school. And um, with the group that I went with, they have built the school. They built the roads to the school. Now I now I hear that they're building a university to go with the school, just to keep the kids in longer. Right. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. My um, sister-in-law actually um, adopted a, her son out of Guatemala years ago. He's in his, I want to say early 30s. I'm sorry, Nick. I don't know how, I forget how old you are. But yeah. Um, and so. Oh, I could have easily yeah. done that. I could have easily brought home tons of children. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can imagine we, I was in Dominican for a missions trip and just going through the schools and that, and just, you know, loving on the kids and, and seeing the schools that they have and um, playing in the, um, we went up on the mountain and we were playing in the fields with them. And it was just such an amazing time. Kids are amazing. Oh, yes. They have, they have such pride, like all, all the, all the people I found that we met, um, they have, nothing compared to what we have. And then you go into their house and they show you around with such pride and they, they have nothing to give you, but you know what? They go out and they bought a bottle of Coke for us. (laughs) They just like, I, I was in awe. I just wanted to give them everything I had, you know, (laughs) because they just, they deserve it so much. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's funny that you said that because I found that too, like the kids that we were around, they had nothing. They were happy playing with a tin can out in the middle of the field, you know, and we did um, a skit and that we had, I went with my church. So it was, uh, we were doing like a kid's Bible study skit out there with puppets and things like that. And um, a couple of the kids would sit and they braided my hair. I have pictures of that. And then they took my, they took my phone, took pictures of it and then showed it to me. So, I mean, it was probably the best week of my life out there with those kids. Um, you know, but it was, it was absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. They, uh... mm-hmm. So, um, and you're also you actually helped Owen create um, the the book that we have up here, right? You actually were helping him. Mm-hmm. I'll put it up just a quick here. So Kathy did help Owen, um, you know, write the book and a little bit of the illustrations and things like that. So that's awesome that we have you here tonight to you know to share your story. Oh, uh, he, he's. He's amazing. I, I got to tell you, I learned so much from him. He's an amazing man. Like he just um, has this uh, memory and imagination and um, dedication to what he wants to get done. He he knows he want, what he wants to get done and he accomplishes it. And um, it's it just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I just love working with him. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. And then they have... The- his mother had nothing but great things to say about you and yeah. Owen too. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, he is an amazing young man. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, Cindy, his mom and I were talking, you know, kids with uh, extra needs, we're not going to say special, but extra needs. Um, you know, they just have an amazing way of, you know, getting into your heart and just really, um, 
you know, he could have used that as an excuse, uh, but he didn't. And, you know, sharing kindness no. with the world through his stories. And, um, you know, when I look at children like that versus children who have everything that are just self-entitled and, and just want more and more and more and not willing to give, it's just like, yeah. man, you know, um, you could learn so much if you were just, you know, associate yourself with, with these people. And so, um, it's oh, definitely really? opened up the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I know when we're, we're talking, I would make a suggestion like, uh, Oh, why don't we do this? And he says, no, 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 no. That's much too scary for a child. No, no. You don't want to scare the child. You know, like he, he's always thinking, Oh, don't put it that way. It might be too hard for them to understand. He would, always thinking of of the children of the children reading the book you know learning how to read or their parent reading it to them or whatever their caregiver and then them eventually reading it the most wow now see that's incredible because you, you don't even have adults that have that sometimes <laughs> i know <laughs> i know and so you said you have seven books. So what are your book, your other books? Um, so I have Belly Flies is my first one. The second one is um, going to build a boat. Now that one I dedicate to my dad because he was a boat builder and he just wanted every, he included everybody. It's a very inclusive book. And so he, he never thought that you couldn't do anything. If he could do it, you could do it, no matter what. <laughs> he, and, and it made you raise up to him. Then I have um, I love ice cream. Again, probably for my dad. He loved ice cream. <laughs> right. And it teaches you. That one, I love ice cream and mother love. They're both, um, they're both helping people, helping children to understand that they're not alone that they, that everything around you is connected. So for like, uh, I love ice cream. It's um, the, the little one saying, um, is love like I love ice cream? Well, absolutely it is. You love ice cream. You love the cows that make the milk. You love the farmers that help the cows, you know, and it goes on and on. And same with mother love. We're all connected. So they're, they don't have to feel alone and they don't have to feel different because everybody is different and the same at the same time. And then I have a little Easter one that um, I made for my 30 year old son Easter time one time because <laughs> he lives away. So um, I wrote him a little poem and he says, you should make a book. So I did. And then the two uh, Spanish ones are flies and going to build a boat. They're also in Spanish. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. Um, you know, that you cater to children on so many different levels because it's funny. I started this show because I wanted people to know that they were never alone. And here you are. I didn't even realize that you're making children's books so that children would know that they're never alone. So I love that. Right. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. And, you know, you're right. When you started off by saying, you know, your story started off with because of a tragedy. Um, but through that tragedy, you're helping other children. Um, 
right? And you, you, no one can help right. that, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it would, through these books and this method that you'd be able to save ch more ch children. Yeah, so in a way, he's helping the children. He is contributing to um, the well the well being of children's mental health and emotions. So that's what Karen and I feel that even though it's tragic, something beautiful is coming from it. Yeah, and I've heard so many things from parents, from therapists, from teachers, from nurses about my books um, that that it's just helped in so many different ways. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And where can people find your books? Um, we can go online to Amazon has the books and you could go under Kathy Getty or um, belly flies. You can find them up there. Um, and the, they're available everywhere, but a lot of places you have to just go online to get them. Um, like the bookstore may not may not have any in stock, but you can go online to their bookstore and get them. Or from me, <laughs> if you buy them from me, then I will sign and I will write a little personal message to your little. <laughs> there we go. That, love that. I always like uh, helping out, uh, making sure that you know fellow authors. I know people know where they can get your book because. Um, you know, we put our blood, sweat, and tears into the book to help other yeah. people, right, make a difference in the world. And that's that's why we do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's ever too many books in the world. <laughs> that is true. And, you know, okay, so I have to ask, especially now with e-readers or you can get your Kindle on your phone now, um, what is the best way that you like reading your book? Oh, in my hand. In my hand. I... When I was, when my children were little, um, we would take forever to read a book because we'd go on each page and say, how many butterflies are there on this page? What do you think that frog is thinking? You know, like we, it would take us forever to get through each page. And there was a time when my, my grandmother, who was 100, she was in a, a retirement home and I had the book and I said, look, grandma, my brother drew the drawings on that book. And I said, look what we made. And, and I read it to her. And she said, oh, read it again, read it again. So I read it to her again. And at the end, there's um, like, it's all a, mostly about a little boy, but there's lots of other characters in there. And I said, and the little boy goes to bed now and no more belly flies. And she said, but where is the girl? And I thought, she's actually paying attention. <laughs> so, okay, well, let's go find out. Oh, she went to her home, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, she just loved it. And so she always wanted to hear the story again. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, me too. I, nice. I, I'm not exaggerating when I've said I've written, wrote, read, sorry. I've read over 10,000 books in my lifetime already. I'm 47. Wow. My aunt, <laughs> I grew up, my dad's oldest sister lived up in Burlington, um, and so I would go there and she, at the age of 16, got me hooked on Harlequin romance novels. So <laughs> seriously, seriously, I bet you 
so she started me on it and then it became an addiction. And then I would go to bookstores all of, all over and, and get like used books and, or go to the library. I would have totes upon totes upon totes back when I was a teenager oh of these books. I ended up donating some to the hospitals around where I was living at the time. Oh, yeah. And, and then, you know, as I get older, you know, and now that I have the Kindle, I'm like, okay, it's easier in one way, but then I think the eye strain is another thing. So yeah. um, I, I do a bit of both. I'll, I'll read right from, from a book or I will put, get it on my Kindle. Yeah. When I'm traveling, I, I like, oh, yeah, I like to travel with my, uh, my e-reader but to open a book and change and turn the pages and then go back, <laughs> which I always do go back and say, what is this guy? What is he about? I can't remember, you know, like, so you can't do that when you're on an e-reader, I find. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, I, the one thing that broke me of a bad habit, I had a very bad habit because my aunt, used to, my aunt taught me this, right? So she would always read the front, the first chapter, and then she'd skip to the end of the book. Find oh, out what no. the ending was, and then go back and read, right? So I literally, literally, that's what I how I read books for the you know, since I was 16 till just I only got the e-reader within the last year. So that entire time that's what I was doing. So you're right, with your e-reader or Kindle, you can't do that. So no, you can't. Um, it broke no. me of that very have it <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. right. like especially I, I always had an oh go ahead I always had an yeah. image of um with my books um that that children would be dragging them around eating them you know and then and then opening them up and and you know won't go to bed without them and and sure enough people say that to me that they Aww. they drag them around like and then, but before bed, they have to read it before they go to sleep. You know, if they're having a hard day, like, yeah, a hard period in their life. So I, I feel like those children may, may continue to read books, like real books. They may also use e-readers, but I feel that the ones that really like the feeling of them will always be there. Absolutely. 100% agree. Absolutely. Wow. Um, so, Kathy, normally around this time of the night, we have my my partner would come on and we talk a little bit about what she does. Uh, and we do what's called the fundamental section of the show. So before we do the fundamentals, I just want to give a shout out to let me find it here. Uh, here we go. The Kimbra. So the Kimbra is a ritual based um, membership where if you need more time, money and resources, this is definitely the place to get that. So if anybody is interested in having more time, money and resources, definitely go to the Kimbra.com and sign up today. Tell them Dorothy sent you and uh, yeah, learn more about that. Uh, that's one of the things that... Um, Kimberly is inv invested in. Uh, so now we just have a little bit of fun with the fundamentals. So fundamentals, I always say are, you know, what three things would you want the world 
would, would you want to leave behind in the world? Or your core beliefs? Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote them to you, didn't I? <laughs> you did. I feel... <laughs> um, I can recite it if you want, and then you can you can just tell us what you mean by that if you like. Okay, okay, that's so the, the first one is I have belly flies or no more belly flies. I would like belly flies to become a common expression to start conversations. Was your number one? So yes, yeah, yeah. So for that, um, around the world. Uh, Children have um, different things that are bothering them that we can't relate to. But if around the world, internationally, they can have a word that represents things that are making them stuck and not being able to move forward, uh, if they had a word like that that is interchangeable amongst all the different um, nationalities, that I would love that. That would just make me so happy. And if uh, they have, and if it helps them. Right. I, I love that. Absolutely. Uh, number two was you're an advocate for neurodivergent children, youth, and adults. So, yes, I'm really finding the, uh, my heart is right there with neurodivergent children and the youth and the adults that are finding it hard to communicate um, with their caregivers Um, and not just their their caregivers but their teachers and then the teachers to the bureaucracy who's um, making the school the the teaching schedules and the teaching um, classes so if I could help out with blending that all in together to help the uh, teachers relate to the students or the neurodivergent students that would be uh, like I would love to mentor children in that in that way as well Um, with writing and using their imagination just out of curiosity have do you have like a group for caregivers because um you know as a caregiver of a of a child who would have autism or or excuse me, uh, ADHD or OCD or things like that. Like I know that parents could use that support. And is, is that something that you offer currently? I am I'm right in process of doing that. Um, I am um, working with the um, an, an autism group right now to learn how I can most benefit the parents and the children, the neurodivergent children. Right. So I'm working on it. It's coming. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because I, when you have it together, let me know because I have somebody else that um, has clients that is, that have children, neurodivergent children. And so they, they would love some extra support. And so, um, yeah, that's that's something. When you have it together, let me know because I, I could possibly okay. have people yeah. to send your way. Um, and number three was that you would like her, your books to help children worldwide and be a part of a, a reduction in suicide rates. 
Yes, I'm very, yeah, that's really close to my heart. I'm working on another book as well, The Cookie Storm, and that's about um, children who are just different. No reason. I mean, there's no specific thing that they're different for. They just think different, feel different than they think other people feel and, and, um, and respond and act. So it's to bring that, um, that we're, everybody's different. And um, if you don't, if you want to wear four layers of clothing, that's you, that's you do you, you know, you know that saying you do you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so if I could get um, like my books, internet, they are international right now. Um, but if I could feel that they're healing and helping children worldwide. And I think if it, if they help the children, I think they help the parents. People have told me that when they're reading to their child, they feel the same the same thing in a different way. So yeah, that would be ideal if I could do that. Wow. I, I love that. And don't forget, guys, you can get uh, copies of Kathy's books at bellyfloss.com or on Amazon. Um, but definitely go check out her books because I mean, it, it sounds like these books can help your children, right. And at least start conversations, you know, if you're, if your child is acting out or, you know, something's right. wrong, but they're not willing to tell, just ask them, you know, about the belly flies. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I love that. And it's, I could see it being worldwide, like a, a, in a way to definitely connect with your child. Right. So I love that. Yeah, I would like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on our show today. Uh, we loved having you. And I know that <laughs> I know people in the audience have definitely been helped uh, with this episode. And thank you so much for what you do. Because, you know, um, like you said, I, I would love the suicide rate to go from where it is. I, I believe it's uh, 63 people a day die by suicide. Definitely down with that. You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. I'm with you on that one. I'm an advocate myself for mental yeah. health. So um, I definitely yeah. uh, love what you're doing. So thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. Uh, is there any last words that you would like to say to our guests tonight before we wrap this up? Um, sure. Um, I, if you if you sign in uh, to bellyflies.com, um, I would give you your free newsletter and uh, the pop-up podcast to come. Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot happening right now starting out. So if it's a little bit delayed, be patient because it's all coming. I'm very excited about this. I I love that. And I can't wait to see all that out because I know it's going to help so many families out there, mm. you know, get connected with their children. And I absolutely love that. So thank you so much, Kathy, for everything that you do. Thanks. We truly appreciate you. you. Absolutely. All right, thank guys. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're, we're happy to have you. And if you are a, a business owner that are, is looking, you know, you're tired of doing video by yourself, you hate getting in front of video, but you want those, those ads for your, um, 
those videos for your business or would even like a trailer done, don't worry. We have just the thing for you. Definitely go to my website, www.unstoppableovercomers.com. And we would love to help you out with that or simply connect with me and uh, we'll get you started. And don't forget, guys, be unstoppable in all that you do. And same time, same channel next week. Bye for now. Okay.